Welcome to Revelant, where we are revealing the relevant and revolutionary Word of God each Monday at 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time at 8 o'clock Central Standard Time on the Preach the Word Network and on all of your local podcast stations. I am your host, Mia Jani, and today we will be discussing Ye Must Be Born Again. As many of you could probably guess, we will be going to John, the third chapter. This is one of the most exciting uh, texts in all of the books of the Bible, in all of the texts, all of scripture. What we have found is that one of our most beloved scriptures that teaches about the gospel, John 3.16 is in this text, but we're going to be delving into uh, other parts of it today, and we're going to be starting at the first verse where it talks about a man named Nicodemus, and we want to show a short clip, and then we'll get right back to the Word of God. We know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I say unto thee, ye must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh, and whither it goeth. So is every one that is born of the Spirit, how can these things be? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Nicodemus was a man of the Pharisees. He was a man from a group that believed in following the law to a T. Legalism, basically. And he was a part of the ruling spiritual authority of Israel. And they had, as the Pharisees, the praise of the people. You know, it looked like, you know, from the outside looking in, that everything was uh, being done right by the Pharisees. They were keeping the law to the T because they were legalistic. But these people... Uh, later became known, like we know them today, as being hypocrites who were opposing Jesus and opposing the things of God. And as a result of that, they are not looked upon in current modern times as people who were doing what is right, who understood who the Messiah was. In fact, they didn't recognize Jesus as the Messiah. And even though they had all of this scripture and they were keeping the law and they knew all of the scriptures, they were not recognizing Jesus as the Messiah. And so here we have this figure, this man, this, this Pharisee, 
Nicodemus, who was privileged to know the scriptures, and who had a recognition that something was different about Jesus. And he goes and he comes to visit Jesus. And much has been stated about why he came to Jesus at night. Um, most commentary will say, you know, under the cover of darkness, he wanted to hide himself because of fear of, you know, retribution from other Pharisees and the Sanhedrin. You know, he was basically trying to hide himself from going to see Jesus, and he chose to go at night. I believe he also chose night because it's symbolic of how so many of us choose to see Christ. Isn't it true that in our darkest hours and when all else has failed and when there's no one else to turn to, we often have this spiritual void that we're trying to get filled and we seek Jesus in those times. I think it also he came to him, he came to Jesus at night because of the fact that there was a spiritual void and most of us come when we are at the end of ourselves in our darkest night, in our night seasons. But yes, it would have been good for Nicodemus to come to Jesus during the day, but he wasn't there yet. He wasn't there in his spiritual journey yet, and which is why he needed a savior. So under the cover of night, we see Nicodemus seeking help for his spiritual void. And within himself, I could imagine, is a deep yearning and questioning I imagine he didn't quite understand what was going on within, but the father was drawing Nicodemus to seek Jesus. He was drawing him such that he could have a spiritual encounter with Jesus. And he may have thought that he was just coming to Jesus to inquire and ask him some questions. But the father set Nicodemus up. Because make no mistake, the father drew Nicodemus for a spiritual encounter with Jesus, according to John 6:44, It tells us that no one can come to Jesus unless the Father draws him. And when we have a spiritual encounter with Jesus, he understands, and we should understand, that the Father has drawn us. That evidences his love for us that even he would woo us to Jesus to come unto himself. And guess what? He knows our makeup, our personality, the things that we've been through, and what things will get us to the point in life where we seek Jesus. He knew that Nicodemus would scratch his head and, and be confused and want something different and get a better understanding. He knew that Nicodemus would be perplexed to the point of going against the other spiritual authorities' admonitions. The father knew that Nicodemus would be inclined to investigate further. The father knows what it will take for us to seek Jesus. He knows the end before the beginning. He's sovereign. He knows who are his. And at the right time, in the right place, he draws us to have an encounter with Jesus. In Nicodemus's case, this was the night. He starts by calling Jesus Rabbi. 
And rabbi also means teacher. So he's recognizing that Jesus taught, right? That Jesus was a teacher. He's recognizing that Jesus is much more than this is also because he tells him that he deduced that Jesus was more than that because God was with him. He states, we, not I, he's, and when he says we, no, he's saying, indicating that, you know, Jesus had been being discussed. I mean, he's not just a rabbi, he does miracles. So Nicodemus tells Jesus, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. Who is the we? It's the other Pharisees that he's been talking to about Jesus. Okay? He knows and they know that something is different about Jesus. He does miracles. And Nicodemus tells Jesus, but no man can do the miracles that you do except God be with him. So Nicodemus has a dilemma because they hadn't wanted to acknowledge Jesus as the promised Messiah, but they couldn't get past the fact that the miracles that he was doing, nobody could do them except God be with him. Do you know that people should say this about us? As followers of Christ, people should take note of the miraculous happening in our life and say that they know that God is with us. They should acknowledge that God is with us. And I haven't missed the fact in this text that there were prophecies that Jesus would be called Emmanuel, God with us. And here is Nicodemus telling Jesus that he knows that God is with him because Jesus is performing these miracles. See, Nicodemus was drawn by the Father based off of the miracles that Jesus was doing. See, again, the Father knows your makeup. He knows your personality. He knows what it will take, even if it takes a night season, to get you to seek Jesus. So Nicodemus, because of the miracles he had seen, had to acknowledge that God was with Jesus. And... Because he was a spiritual authority, he doesn't want to just go into, you know, the presence of Jesus and just start throwing out questions. Instead, he does something very different here. You know, he makes a statement and he tells Jesus what he thinks and who he believes Jesus is. He's a miracle working rabbi or teacher whom God is with. However, Jesus, recognizing that the Father has drawn Nicodemus to him for a spiritual encounter, answers the deep spiritual question that is within Nicodemus, even though he doesn't ask it. And so he answers him in a very strange way. Nicodemus is saying, we know that thou art a teacher who performs these miracles and God is with you. He makes this statement and then Jesus answering, recognizing that there is a deeper seated question within Nicodemus that because of his spiritual authority and his intellectual mind, he is not willing to ask just yet. And so Jesus cuts to the chase and he's like, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, 
he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now see, again, this seems strange that Jesus would respond to Nicodemus' statement this way. But Jesus is in essence telling him, you cannot fully understand who I am unless you're born again. Nicodemus, you cannot understand what is really going on here spiritually until you have been born again. Until your spirit has been made alive to God, you cannot understand the things of the spirit. As scripture reveals that they are spiritually discerned. And here is a scholar of the scriptures, an intellectual, a Pharisee, who has come to Jesus relaying what has been discussed about Jesus and what has been deduced about Jesus thus far based on what he has seen Jesus do in the natural without spiritual discernment. He had known who, had he known who Jesus was, who he really was, he wouldn't have stopped at calling him rabbi. So that's why Jesus answers him in the way that he does, giving him an understanding that you cannot know scripture alone. You must be born again. See, you can be a person who knows scripture, be a leader in religious circles, and still not understand fully who Jesus is. Think about that. You can acknowledge and have head knowledge, maybe even be respected and revered as a religious leader. But unless you come to know Jesus, and unless you are born again, you are likened to a Pharisee like Nicodemus was. And here's the issue for a lot of people right now, even today. They have a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. They say the right things, but they don't know him. See, the Bible is clear. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And many will say, Lord, Lord, I did all these things in your name. And Jesus will say, depart from me, you work of iniquity. I never knew you. You must be born again. Here, Nicodemus is having a spiritual encounter with Jesus, having been drawn by the Father who wants to awaken Nicodemus to the truth of Jesus. But he has to deal with first things first. Nicodemus has been relying on his intellect, how he can intellectually figure out who Jesus is. And while that's all great and gravy, he's been trying to rationalize who Jesus is instead of coming to know the spirit who Jesus is. So when Jesus says to him, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Think about that. He cannot see it. That means you don't have the ability. You're blind to it. You don't have the capacity to even see it. Not let alone be in it. You can't even see it. You can't even understand what's right in front of you because you haven't been born again. He has to deal with first things first. This messes Nicodemus up. He can't rationalize what 
Jesus means. He can't figure this out. How do I intellectualize this? He can't do it because he has no concept for this idea that Jesus is promulgating. And it sends Nicodemus spiraling, making him lose his decorum and his, his statement stating attitude versus asking questions. And he throws off all restraint and now he asks the question. This, the teacher of the law, this, this, Pharisee, who cannot fully fathom what in the world Jesus is talking about. And isn't that like so many of us? When we truly encounter Jesus, he takes away our confidence in the flesh. He cuts through the intellectual predispositions and he penetrates our spirit with the truth of who he is. Nicodemus had to ask, how can this be? How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Nicodemus at this point has lost it. He's like, what do you mean born again? doesn't make sense to him. He immediately tries to lean onto his own understanding to understand what Jesus is saying. But he is confused and perplexed. So Jesus has to break it down even more for him. He's like, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh. But that which is born of the spirit is spirit. So marvel not, Nicodemus, that I said unto you, ye must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof. but canst not tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. What is he doing here? He's also foreshadowing the day of Pentecost. In Acts, the second chapter, when suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a mighty rushing wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire. And it sat upon each of them. And they all were filled with the Holy Ghost. And began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. You don't know which way the wind is coming from. But you know the wind exists. You know the wind is blowing because you can hear it. And it's a suddenly thing. He's saying, this is how you get born again. Just like on the day of Pentecost, when one is born again, there's a sudden change wherein the Holy Ghost feels the spirit of a person. Creating a change and bringing about new things. But those at Pentecost, they began to speak with other tongues as the symbol of the inward change that had occurred. And so it is when one is born again of the Spirit, a spiritual change occurs and is no longer where a person has to rationalize and figure things out by the letter of the law. 
But Jesus was trying to teach Nicodemus like 2 Corinthians 3, 6, who has made us able ministers of the New Testament, not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter killeth, but the spirit giveth life. See, the Pharisees were legalistic. They rationalized things. They kept the law to the T. But when Jesus came upon the scene, they didn't recognize him as the Messiah and became somewhat those who were enemies or those who were opposing Jesus. And here we have Nicodemus who, because of the Father's drawing, is coming to Jesus under the cover of night, wanting to know because he's seen the miracles and he's wanting to understand who is this Jesus. And Jesus is dealing with first things first and he's like, I know you're yearning, Nicodemus. I know you want to fill this spiritual void, but guess what you have to do? Ye must be born again. And in this spiritual exchange that Nicodemus is having with Jesus, Jesus has to call him out that he's a master of Israel, but he doesn't understand what Jesus is saying. He couldn't grasp fully who Jesus was. And maybe that is you today. Maybe you are like Nicodemus. You may even be considered a religious leader. You know, you may know scripture backwards and forwards and been in church all of your life and maybe had an encounter with Jesus where the Spirit had one time moved and made you alive unto God. But you must be born again. Or you may be a person that started in the Spirit but something in your life caused you to begin operating in the flesh. And you need to be reminded you, you were born again. Or you may be someone where all of this is new to you. You are in your night season, in despair with a deep spiritual void, looking for what can fill it. And the Father is drawing you to Jesus. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. He wants your spirit to be made alive. He wants you to stop trying to figure out everything. You don't know which way the wind comes from. He wants you to stop basing belief off of what you see in the natural. You can't see the wind, but you know it exists. He wants to change you. I serve a God I can't see. But because of the miraculous things he does in my life, I know he's real. And others should be able to see that he's real in us. He lives in me. I'm born again. We must be born again. And if any of these scenarios fit you, and you want to be born again, pray with me this prayer. Father, we thank you that you have sent your son, Jesus, to die in our place, to rise again with our power, signifying that we can rise to 
eternal life. Ask you to forgive us our sins. Help us to understand you daily. We want to be born again. By faith we receive your salvation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.